If you could please pray the words, Come Holy Spirit, with me three times. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, as we begin Advent, I ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit upon me to give me the gift of tongues. And please send forth your Holy Spirit upon every single person here and give them the gift of understanding. And Mother Mary, please make Jesus real to us as we consecrate this time to your immaculate heart as we all pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. A couple of questions are on my heart as we enter into Advent, and the first one is the question, where are you? Now, there's a fun, where are you, which I want to talk about in a second, but there's also kind of a, the not-so-fun, where are you? And also, I want to give you an invitation as we enter into the Advent season. The first question is, where are you? And I asked you as we began Mass, you know, what was your favorite game to play as a, as a kid? I'm sure you said many different things, but one thing I like to do with my nephews who are not here right now, they'll come tomorrow morning, Abel and Silas, but we like to play the game hide-and-go-seek. And it's one thing that's very interesting when you actually want to be found. And as you're, if you're the counter, you're the one who's saying, you know, one, two, three, we, we count to 30, they're four and six. And we count, I count to 30 and then it says, ready or not, here I come. And then you get to walk around. Where are you? You ask that question over and over and over. And then one of them kind of sneaks around the tree and you kind of see them, but you can't let them know that you found them because you want to have fun, right? And then sometimes they hide in places that you can't really find them. But it's actually very different when you say, where are you? And actually, you actually want to be found. The other where are you, the not so fun where are you, is when you're absolutely lost. The president rector of Steubenville, Ohio, of the Steubenville University, he tells this story. One thing he does, his name is Father Dave Havanka, and he takes his nephews out to wherever they want to go for one trip every year. And recently they wanted to go to New York City. And now Uncle Dave, as, so as priest, people don't call his father, by the way, just to let you know. Um, but Uncle Dave took his two nephews, who are 10 and 12 years old, to New York City, and they took the subway system. And I don't know if you've ever been to New York City or not, which I have not, but this is him telling the story. I'm just listening. And as he's telling the story, he said, when you go on the subway system, there's no cell phone reception down there. And as he's down there with his nephews, he has all their stuff in his backpack because he's responsible, right? So he's got their wallets and their, their phones and all that kind of stuff. But also one thing that's kind of scary is when the doors close. When they close, they close. The older one, as they entered onto the subway train, got on. The 10-year-old didn't make it. And he looks back and just absolute dread runs over his mind and his heart. No cell phone reception. What do you do? We had to grab his rosary, as any, any Catholic should do in times of, of distress, of, of going to our Blessed Mother. And he said you could have seen those beads smoking. He was praying them so fast and so hard, right? And the next stop wasn't for a half an hour yet. And he's praying and, and begging all the angels and saints to help him find his son, or his, 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 or his brother's son. And they, they get up and he checks the cell phones and it goes up top and he has to call his brother saying, I don't know where he is. 
right? That where are you? But then they got to get on the other side of the street and go down and go the opposite way. And he is just praying and praying that his nephew is okay. After half an hour back the other way, the trains depart, and there is his nephew with an older gentleman and a lady. They go up top, go around, and the one thing that's really important for us to know if we're lost, any parent wouldn't tell you how dumb you are, wouldn't tell you what an idiot you are. They would just rejoice over you and hug you, and they'd be so happy that you're found because they're wondering, where are you? Where are you? And that where are you is a question that began at the beginning of time. When the first sin occurred, when our parents, Adam and Eve, sold our race, the human race, into slavery and into the hands of the evil one. And the Father from heaven, in the ache of his heart, wanting to be with his first children, his first creation, asked that question, where are you? It's not a, where are you? It's, where are you? And I wonder where a lot of us are. You know, we've been coming out of this pandemic, and there's been study after study after study that people have kept their faith at the center of what they do. And when I say at the center of what they do, I mean Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. He is Savior. He's my everything. And people have done that. Their mental health is exponentially higher. Or people have come to faith. Their mental health is exponentially higher. But people have fallen away. And you look at the pews, we all know people who aren't coming to church anymore. People have fallen away. If they tell you that they're okay, we should have that compassionate heart of asking them, where are you? Because people who left the faith or don't have faith, their mental health has never been lower. And it's always important for us, as I prayed earlier, I'm asking the Blessed Virgin Mary to intercede as I preach today to make Jesus real to us. Because for a lot of us, he's just an idea. When we leave here, There's no thought of like, where are you? I just get lost and I escape reality. But what we believe as Catholic Christians is that the God of the universe, the universe that is 90 plus billion light years across, that he created effortlessly. That God knows all the stars by name and and all of all the creatures he created. What he wanted a relationship with was you and me. So we could have communion with him. We could have friendship with him. But the friendship is so deep and it's so real that it's, and it's so good that we actually want to share it with other people so that we go out and seek and find the lost. And if we don't know that there's pressure on us, like I don't know what planet you're living on. It's emergency time. Suicide rates have never been higher, especially for 10 to 14-year-olds. They've tripled over the past 10 years. Opioid overdose overdose deaths are one of the top two causes of death in the United States. We have 5% of the world's population in the United States, and we consume 80% of the world's opioids. That's an emergency. That's a pandemic, a real pandemic. And we live in a world that likes to sweep issues under the rug and we say, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. The average age of dying of cirrhosis of liver from alcoholism for men 
is 35 right now. And if anybody asked you, if anybody asked you in the, pa- in, the, in the past five years, has the world gotten better? In the past 10 years, has it gotten better? Almost everybody would say no. And that's because we have a message that's meant to be spread around to other people. To that we have a God who's so compassionate, who's so powerful that he created this universe, but also he has a deep desire to get his family back. And as he knows all the stars by name, he knows you by name. And you are infinitely unique to him. There's not a second that goes by that he doesn't want to talk to you. He doesn't want to walk with you. There's not a second of the day. But often we go to things that have nothing to do with him. In Wisconsin, where I'm from, when the Packers lose, domestic abuse charges go up 80%. That wasn't supposed to be a joke. (laughs) What does that mean? That means men typically beat their wives and children. Social workers are bombarded. Psychologists are overwhelmed right now. We have pressure on us. And that's why it's so important as we enter in today's gospel, as we enter in today's second reading, St. Paul tells us, throw off the darkness. Throw it off. When you and I are in the dark, we believe all sorts of lies about ourselves that Jesus came to undo, telling us lies, that we believe in lies that I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm damaged goods, I'm too far gone, nobody loves me, nobody could love me, I'm unlovable, I'm dirty, I'm stupid. The list goes on and on when the dark, but when you and I throw that, that darkness off and we put on the armor of light, we are able to see where the Lord wants us to go, but the light is a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he is the God that became a person to take the devil, who is a human trafficker. That's how bad the devil is. He ties people up, and there's no hope for them because no one coming to get them, but Jesus comes into that room where there is pure hopelessness, and he comes, and he unbinds you, and he ties up the evil one, and he wins you back. And he gets you back in right relationship with the Father. So we know who we are. So where are you? But also, who are you? The thing is, for Catholic Christians, one thing we have to begin to remember is through our baptism, we are only who God says we are. If God is our Father, that makes us children of God. For the men here, your identity at the core of your being is a beloved son. And for the women here, your identity at the core of your being is a beloved daughter. And the hard thing is, you can't earn that. It's already been purchased for you on the cross to show you what your worth, what your value is. And Jesus wants us to throw off these works of darkness because sin is so powerful and hell is very real. When we think sin isn't powerful, just ask yourself, have you ever done anything that you knew was wrong, you didn't want to do it, and you did it anyways? It's like, yeah, like every day. That's because sin is a power. Or on college campus, when I'm with students, they'll come to me saying, oh, Father, I don't think underage drinking is a big deal, or I don't think being impure on the internet is a big deal, or I don't think scrolling on the internet for eight hours a day is a big deal. Then I just say, okay, then just stop. The thing is, they can't, because sin is a power, and Jesus conquered that power of sin. He conquered the reality of death. He conquered Satan and hell on the cross. 
to win you back, to show you your value. And we throw that, the darkness off. And we come to do that because we, we need to be ready. Jesus says, stay awake. And the thing is, for a lot of us, I think, we're tired. Otherwise, we'd be jumping off our seats, like, like, let's go, let's spread the gospel, let's bring people to Jesus. But a lot of us are tired, but it's because we're not filling our hearts with Jesus, filling our hearts with all sorts of things that are not him. As I gave you those statistics earlier about alcoholism and the opioid overdose reality and also suicide, that means we're not throwing off the darkness. We're clothing ourselves with it and we're hiding in it and we're not looking to be found. A child always wants to be found by their father or mother in the healthiest sense of the word. And that's where you and I are called to be. And we have to stay awake. And how do we, how do we stay awake? For sure, daily prayer. For sure, I would say monthly confession. For sure, spending time with the Word of God. But for sure, getting off our devices. The average person spends between 8 and 10, 12 hours a day on their device right now. And majority of the content is anti-Catholic, it's anti-life, it's also anti-reality. For children here, the thing is, most children, when they, when they say, what do you want to do right now? When they, when they consume this amount of social media, the amount of media, they're, what they want to do is be an influencer on the internet. And all the algorithms through TikTok and through, through, through Instagram and through Facebook, they're actually all done in China. And they're all done to make you and I dumber. If you go to China, they change the algorithm for virtue, for discipline, and people over there want to be doctors and astronauts. Like a lot of us have to take a break from our devices. But I don't want to take a complete break from the device. So I want to give you the invitation. One thing that I found to be very healthy is, is finding people when I say we should be pray daily and most people don't know how to pray. They might be saying words or sometimes we look like robots or zombies at mass and we don't leave here changed. But prayer is a relationship. Prayer is oxygen for the soul. And there's an app out there called Hallow. Has anyone heard of the Hallow app? Okay, we got a lot of work to do. We got seven people, right? And Hallow was invented by college students at the University of Notre Dame to teach people how to pray. And it's gotten really big and it's really good. And it's actually the number one Christian prayer app on the market right now. And I want to challenge you to take 1% of each day to spend with the Hallow app. And they have an Advent series called Pray 25. And it's also with the Chosen series. Who here has seen the Chosen? Okay, we got to start getting better stuff on our devices. The Chosen is an amazing series. If you haven't seen it, I'm probably going to go with my brother tonight. We're going to go to the movie theater, watch uh, episode one and, two, one and two of season three. But it's a depiction of the person of Jesus. And the whole, like 10 people out of the cast are taking 10 to 15 minutes a day throughout Advent to walk with you and pray with you. 10 to 15 minutes a day is 1% of the day. All of us have that much time to spend with God. 
And just think if you did that, what could your life look like by Christmas? Like what we believe is that God went to war with sin and death to win his people back. He bound up the human trafficker. And wouldn't the response back for that to, to trust, be to trust him? Wouldn't the response back that to say, how can I go rescue other people? But if we are ears plugged, eyes closed, and we're hiding in the darkness, we don't want to be found. But if we open our eyes to the truth, and we open our ears to the word of God, and we open our mouth and let God speak through us, our world is literally dying to hear the message that we have as Catholic Christians, which is known as the gospel. So I want to encourage you and invite you to download that app, and the challenge starts tomorrow. To spend 25 days for 1% of your day with them. But I also want to encourage you all to do it with somebody else. Do it with your family. And so often they think, oh my gosh, what are they, what are they going to think of me? They think I'm like a Catholic weirdo. They already know that you're a Catholic weirdo, all right? You're right here right now, okay? So like, don't worry about that. But what would happen if you actually have conversations about what's going on in your, each of your hearts? Instead of, where are you? It's, here am I. This is what's really going on in my life. This is the stuff that I'm actually dealing with. And what if we allow the Holy Spirit to breathe on it, to awaken us to where we're all actually at? What good could come from that? I believe a lot of good could come from that. And if you can press play, you can do this. And all of us know somebody who has a device if you don't have a device. But maybe after that, just, just put it away for a while and actually talk about what was said in the meditation. You know, it's one thing to hide, but it's the best thing to be found. Amen.